you know, everyone has a unique ability. Uh, everyone has kind of an ideal client profile, a target market. And so we make sure that they're focused on doing the right things, applying their energy the right way. What that tends to do as they get further into that mode of being focused on the right things, it builds their confidence up. And as you know, in business, confidence is the most important thing. Welcome to Your Next Big Project Is You, a podcast based around the theme of time. Time to be able to press pause on life. Time to reevaluate what's important. Time to reminisce about where you've come from, what you've learned, and what you've accomplished. Time to revisit your goals, dreams, and vision. And time to remember the people in your life. That's it, my friends. If you've got time, fasten your seatbelt and listen in as we discuss opportunities for the next five to 25 years of your life. And remember, your next big project is you. Welcome to our podcast. Your next big project is you. And I've got a special uh, podcast set up for everybody today. Two, two great friends and strategic alliance partners of my organization uh, from the personal coach here in Canada. I'd like to welcome my good friend, Art Schooley, the, the founder of The Personal Coach, and Julie Leith, who's the current president, and taking The Personal Coach from Art's reins and all of his early direction to new heights and new people and talent and areas of expertise and specialization. Welcome to the two of you. Uh, you. Looking forward to having some fun with the two of you over the next half an hour or so, just to let our audience get to know you better and uh, understand a little bit more. But Art, I know the personal coach has been in business for about 20 years now. Tell me how how you and Julie first met, uh, the impetus for building the company and how your business partnership has evolved over the years. Let's start there. Well, Leo, it's a great story. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to 1985 um, when computers were just starting to uh, take shape, uh, be part of our business lives and um, I thought to myself, I need to understand this a little bit, so I better go out and buy myself a computer. <laughs> so I went to this store called Computerland, and I met yeah. this young lady who walked me through what a computer does, and I could understand everything she said. Like, it was just so simple. And it was Julie Leith. And I thought to myself, and, and, and back in those days, I was with the Main Life Financial uh, leading a distribution organization. I thought to myself, you know, this would be a resource, adding a resource that understood computers and helping our advisors computerize their business would be really good for their business and it would be good for my business. So from there, I offered Julie the opportunity to join our organization. And interestingly enough, she had a, a number of um, offers out there at the time because she's, you know, a very bright lady, um, had just graduated from university. Um, and, uh, but anyway, she had the foresight to say, you know what? Um, I think there's a future here, not just in the short term, but in the long term. And so she joined our organization and really, um, helped all of our advisors and their teams, um, really, uh, uh, use the new technology to leverage everyone's time. And that, interestingly enough, was the first step in uh, 
changing the organization that I was leading from a sales organization to a resource center. Hmm. And so Julie was really the very first resource that we added to the organization. And over that time, I moved the business from a, a sales management business to a resource center business where we added other uh, players to the team that could help our advisors build great businesses. So for example, we added um, a chartered accountant to our business that helped us uh, in the corporate insurance market. Uh, we added uh, an individual would help advisors hire, train, develop staff members. So there was a number of resources that we added. And interestingly enough, from 80, from actually 1990 to 1999, we 10 times our business because of that strategy. Wow. We built an organization that was focused on our clients, the advisors, and helped them build great businesses. So we're now in 1999, 2000. Uh, Manulife Financial is demutualized at this point, became a stock company. Um, and, and I'm 56 years of age at this time. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do when it's time for me to pack it up with Manulife? And it occurred to me that there was a real need in Canada for coaching uh, advisors. And if it was at all possible to take the tools that we had developed at Manulife Financial out into the broader marketplace, there was a real opportunity uh, to build a company. Wow. So in 2002, uh, we started the personal coach. Um, I was by my, actually, I had a, a partner that worked with me for a while. Um, and then in 2004, uh, Julie decided to, uh, actually, she, she moved from Manulife to uh, another organization, and then 2004 joined our organization. Wow. And it's been a, it's been a wonderful trip. Uh, just, to, just to expand on this a little bit, um, Leo, um, after Julie kind of got her footing, I talked to her one day and said, well, you know, there's going to be a time when you're going to want to buy into the company. And she started that in 2012 and in 2016, she became a 50% shareholder and was, uh, and I said, well, when you become a 50% shareholder, you're going to become the president. And she has been the president ever since and has done a wonderful job of leading the organization. Thank you. Julie from who would have thought from computer land, right? What do you were, Interviewing at Computerland years ago and where you are today, if you've ever mentioned ending up in an organization or, you know, spearheading the growth of a, arguably the, you know, preeminent coaching company in Canada. Now, you know what? I was 24 years old at that point in time, Leo, and wet behind the ears. And I graduated from school knowing that I needed to understand computers. And so I went and volunteered to work at Computerland so that I could learn about microtechnology and make a difference in people's lives to leverage technology in their businesses. I have a business and sociology degree. Wow. And, uh, and so I understood business and I understand people and I can communicate very well. And I learned very quickly that technology was a tool, it, but people were getting sucked into it and weren't using it properly in order to uh, leverage themselves or their team. And so, when Art walked through that door uh, and we connected, he was larger than life. 
you know, to me. He was this just this incredible human being that has had charisma and vision and you know, he just, he knew what he wanted to achieve. And, you know, he invited me to his office to have an interview with him. I didn't know it was an interview at the time. He said, come, Julie, I want to talk to you about an idea. And, you know, he and I painted a vision of what we could do with technology in the organization. And uh, it was wonderful. And so he was offering me actually $10,000 less a year, which is a lot of money at that time than anyone else had been offering me but the most amounts of vision. And I thought the most amounts of autonomy at the time as well. And, and he did, that's what, it, you know, that's what the offering was. And he lived up to it and he stayed out of my way. He, when we developed the vision, he said to me, Julie, you know, can you do this? And I said, yes. Yeah. I said, if you stay out of my way, I had the, you know, the courage to say that to him. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I think I could do that. And, and he did. And he was wonderful. And, you know, he, uh, you know, you talk about who are your heroes in your life. Art would be one of my biggest heroes uh, because uh, he just helped me grow as a human being over those years from this young woman who is wet behind the ears to this woman who today is able to run this company and and yeah. built the confidence. It saw something in me that I didn't really see in myself at the time. So it's it's been an, just an amazing, an amazing ride. It's great to hear the story of how an entrepreneurial organization like yours get started in art from knowing you for the last decade, I'm going to echo this, that you still have charisma, you still have talent and you still have vision. So keep it going, buddy. Keep it going from that perspective. I'm, I'm curious that maybe Julie, I'll direct this question back to you. So how's the personal coach your organization today? How are you organized with people, talent and areas of specialization? There's so much that advisors require. Uh, to do this. So how are you structuring your organization in these areas to meet the needs of, you know, committed, dedicated, serious advisors who want to elevate their, their businesses and their achieve more in their lives today? What do tell us more about the, the current structure? Okay, sure. We are now 14 people on the team and we have several league business coaches and we actually work with clients one-on-one -on -one, and we customize our coaching to help them build their business like a business. We work with the advisor and their whole team. And so one of our business beliefs, Leo, is to like collaboration is the best way to go. So we've taken an integrative approach to our business. And so we have, you know, a handful of lead business coaches and then people who specialize. So we have a coach that specializes in succession and mergers and acquisitions. We have a, a, a business coach that actually specializes in branding. And another person who specializes in marketing and social media platforms. We have another individual who focuses on workflow and efficiencies and helping support team members just um, be more effective and be more have oh. more enjoyment. We have somebody on our team who who helps advisors hire team members. You know, we see advisors not running their business like a business. They get mired in they get mired in their day to day minutia and uh, and and reacting to their businesses. And so. They, they often don't step back and don't have the skill set to run their business like a business. They might have the ideas, they might have a vision in their head, but they don't share it with their team. Yeah. And so what we do is we have a lead coach that would go in, help the advisor really develop their structure, um, but start out with vision. You know, vision is key. We need to make sure that it's clarified, articulated well, and that they communicate it to the whole team so that every member on the team understands the role that they, they can play and how they fit in 
and what the future might look like for them. And so it gets everyone engaged and excited. And then we just act as catalysts. That would be the, you know, somebody to keep everyone accountable. And then we just integrate resources, whether that be on our internal team or outside resources like your organization, Leo, with the, the value, um, you know, the whole value ladder, discovering and articulating and, and selling your value. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah. So that's how we're structured today. It's amazing when you think of uh, our, how this all started, the evolution of all these competencies now from listening and learning from these advisors as well, talking to them, what are your real needs? And you've developed these these core competencies now as a coaching organization that can, it's almost like the, the all these spokes of different areas that the, the advisor entrepreneurs require to build successful businesses. Art, I, I, I remember talking to you and I can get Julie spin on this as well, but I'll come back to you, Are About three key words in your positioning. It was built around confidence, it was built around focus, and it was built around freedom in terms of some of this. Could you tell us what each of these words means? I'll start with confidence. Well, I'll start with focus, actually, um, because, I, you, you know, there's a lot that, that, that advisors uh, need to deal with. And, and so one of the things we help them do is we help them get focused on the right things. Uh, you know, everyone has a unique ability. Uh, everyone has kind of an ideal client profile, a target market. And so we make sure that they're focused on doing the right things, applying their energy the right way. What that tends to do as they get further into that mode of being focused on the right things, it builds their confidence up. And as you know, in business, confidence is the most important thing. And then once the confidence is there, we tend to get them to have more time freedom and money freedom. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'll just give you an example. So I had a, a, a client, a young client, um, this is a number of years ago, who had, uh, there was four team members. He had about 300,000 of revenue. And literally he was robbing Peter to pay Paul, like, he just didn't have enough revenue to support the infrastructure that he built. He, you know, God bless him. He had the vision to build the infrastructure. He just didn't have the revenue. Right. I identified two key focus items for him. And today that business has a $2 million business with 10 staff members. This young guy now has two children. He's got money freedom and time freedom all because he got focused on the right things and then got really confident to grow his business from there. Well, that's fabulous. And there are more of those stories. I know you can open up your file drawer, Ken, that are pulled success stories down from the cloud these days, of one after another. I'll, I'll, I want to ask you both more about a couple of those scenarios. But Julie, what's a typical experience, um, an assignment look and feel like today? You know, who, who do you best work with and how long do these relationships typically last? Well, our best relationships are with advisors who are building a business. They've already had a level of success. They have a team and uh, they're making, they're making revenue. They have good revenue, but they're just overwhelmed with uh, everything that's going on in their business. You know, that we, we have expertise in 15 areas of business uh, on our team. And so what we do is we make sure that advisors uh, really have good, good, a good handle on those core competencies, those 15 areas and where they are struggling. And so um, sometimes, Leo, it's not 
there isn't a typical scenario. And that's why we decided to customize. We don't have a one size fits all solution. We go, we go into an advisor's office and our first step is to do an assessment and assess those 15 areas. And, you know, to Art's point, really help determine what the best strategies are and where do we need to focus and chunk it down for them so that they're not just willy nilly going out there and, and trying to think about, oh, the guy next door, you know, or the woman down the street is doing this. They, I think I should do that too. So rather than just grabbing opportunities, we help them really focus on the right strategic opportunities and focus is that keyword. And so we help them build a vision for the next three to five years and chunk it down and focus on the things and keep everybody on the team accountable in that particular time frame. And then we can, you know, at the end of a year, we step back and we look at, okay, what's the next three to five years look like? And so we just continue yeah. the growth curves. And some of our, some of our relationships have lasted, you know, I've got, I've got clients have been working with for 17 years, um, wow. you know, the 20, then we just become an extension of their team and a key member of their team. And, it's just a, such a rewarding experience because we watch every individual on the team grow and uh, achieve things that they never thought they could. And uh, it's, it's extraordinary. It's just a, just an amazing, an amazing ride. Yeah. I, 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 I believe it's bigger than being an extension of their team for you and art and, and the folks on the personal coach team these days. And as I mentioned to talking to someone who is considering joining your organization, I said, it's really family-like. It's, mm -hmm. I, I believe for someone to work with you for 17 years, you're, you're not an adjunct member of their team solely. You become an adjunct member of their family. And all of a sudden the personal coach is elevated from not just as a business strategist, a business partner, a coaching um, set of eyes and ears to come in with accountability and all these competencies to help someone to take their business to the next level. I believe you become trusted. And I believe people really see your value. So I, I just wanted to, to go there next with you. As you know, one of the reasons we came together, Julie, when I got the call from you, give or take a decade ago with you and uh, I know one of your partners with April Levitt, one of our good mm -hmm. friends and uh, people we admire a lot as well, is, is that you wanted to add to your competency some of the elements of competing on the philosophies of value by knowing and pricing value, some of the issues your advisor clients were focused on with how we came together years ago. And I'm curious, as you, as you think through our value ladder, which you both know very well, those questions, you know, who are you? What do you do? Why do you do it? How do you do it? Who have you done it for? What makes you different? Why? The last question, why should I do business with a personal coach? What's the real values? We elevate the word real in front of value. So when, you know, I, I'm curious how personal coach has answered that real value question, how people measure it for you. Is it mostly qualitative, as I say, in the heart? You know, you prove their practices, better defined roles, responsibilities, getting the right people on the bus. There's a more quantitative, you know, business metrics, moving important uh, numbers on their teams, increasing the revenue profitability. What are the typical elements of real value that personal coach attends to? Art, do you want to start or would you like me to? No, that's that's fine. Uh, so so I think it comes back again to this time freedom, money freedom. Uh, you know, I mean, the the ultimate payoff Listen, the financial services business has changed dramatically over the last number of years. The, the regulatory environment, uh, the corporate environment, uh, the, the the consumer environment. I mean, it's changed a heck of a lot. And 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 uh, you know, the other thing about advisors, they're entrepreneurs. Uh, many of them are, and and they got a gazillion things that they could do. They got 
more opportunities and they have time to deal with them. And so, you know, we spend time with them side by side as partners trying to figure out, okay, what's the next step? What's the, what's the next, what, what's the thing you should be paying attention to instead of being all over the map? And then the ultimate payoff is, look, you got more time with your family, more time with, you know, to, to enjoy life and you got the money to afford it. Um, those are, to me, are the two key, uh, key payoffs that I see. Yeah. Which yeah. Protect you uh, I would definitely agree with, with Art, but I would say, Leo, the measurement really depends on the situation. So for instance, if we have someone who is looking at exiting the business and developing a succession plan, you know, we'll help them really develop, uh, make sure that their, their business is set up to be sold and that they have a life after business. They know what they're going to be doing and that they, that business is a part of their life rather than life being a part of their business. Um, and so there's, uh, you know, we might uh, measure on, you know, the value of the business at the end of the day, because we've helped them, you know, make their, their business uh, successful and to a point where it's much more valuable than it might've been when we started. Uh, we, uh, we might measure the tizzy factor. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, share a story in that I started working with, a, uh, an individual who was 65 years of age, had a very successful practice, but he had just had triple bypass surgery and was stressed to the nines and, uh, and, and really was very concerned about his life, let alone his business. And his clients and his family and uh, the people who worked for him. And so we sat down and really what we wanted to do was harness his health and uh, bring his stress levels down. And so when I met with Ernie for the first time, I said, Ernie, how are we going to measure success? I said, it seems like you're always in a tizzy. You're like, you're just, you're just going in circles all the time and you just can't settle down. And he's Julie, that's exactly right. I'm in a tizzy. And I said, okay, well, let's, Let's measure the tizzy factor. <laughs> What's that? And I just made it up in a moment. And I said, okay, on a scale of zero to 10, you know, zero being really healthy stress and 10 being negative stress and you being in a tizzy, where are you today, Ernie? And he said, Julie, I'm a 14. Hmm. So yeah. uh, we just built uh, over time, we started to develop measuring, okay, Ernie, today, what's your tizzy factor? And we just worked on things and helped him simplify his business and focus on the right things and start to have more time freedom as art, you know, and he loved to go to the Bahamas and had this beautiful boat in the Bahamas. And so he and Jan started to take more time off and we built the structure in his business to allow him to do that and to feel like he was in more control of his financials. And there was somebody on his team to actually manage, manage the rest. And so we spoke probably three or four years later at a best practices seminar for advocates here in Toronto. And uh, I asked him on stage, Ernie, what's your tizzy factor today? And he said, Julie, it's a two. Wow. So there is that, to me, that is, that was more rewarding than some of, you know, some of the other successes we've had. Uh, but, but we just seen, you know, advisors grow as human beings, as leaders, as, um, you know, financial, have much more financial freedom. Um, they're spending more time with their children. They have better relationships. They, you know, they're connecting with the right clients. So they're more engaged and happy. And, uh, and as a result of focusing on the right things and the measurement of financials and, you know, focusing on sales and, and growth and doing the right thing for the client, we're seeing, we're seeing, we see extraordinary results and have lasting impact, uh, Leo. And so it's, uh, 
it's it's just so rewarding, both monetarily for us, because, you know, we do charge people what we do. Um, sure. yeah. but, but at the same time, it's uh, there's so much psychic reward as well. Um, for well, they, they charge a fee for what they do too. Jimmy. I know. And so, <laughs> and so our best clients understand that too, right? You asked about our best yeah, clients. They're willing they to invest in their, they're invest in their business and they're grateful and, and they're, they're our partners, you know, and they look at us like partners. So it's, it's really wonderful. And the one-on-one you spoke to being trusted, the one-on-one aspect that we have with clients and the fact that we're a third-party organization allows them the ability to feel heard and feel like they can be vulnerable with us as well. And that we really care about people, which we do. Obviously, everyone on our team is just, uh, you know, very caring, very, very caring people. And we want the best brothers. So it's, uh, they often just feel like they can be vulnerable and let us know what their biggest pain points are so that we, in fact, can help them with those and embrace that and harness that and, and focus them on the things that are going to help them out of that, that troubled time. Yeah. Leo, just Leo, just to add something there, uh, Julie just talked about the fact that we are, you know, in, independent, in, in, impartial. And so the very first client of the personal coach was an advisor that I worked with at Manulife. And when he heard I was leaving Manulife and setting up a coaching company, he was the first person to pick up the phone and phone me. And he said, the reason I want to hire you now is you don't have a bias. Mm. Okay. Um, I, I sense you're, you're, you're going to give me independent advice and I sense I can be as open as anything to you. Uh, yeah, good. And, and I think that's, that, I, th- I think that's one of the magic things that we bring to the table. The other thing that, that, that I think is really important, um, and, and Julie referenced it, you know, we, we've been around a long time. We've had lots of experiences and sometimes we see something in an individual that they don't see in themselves. Julie mentioned that when she was younger, uh, when we first met. And, um, and, and, and my mentor, uh, you know, actually had that impact on me. And so I think that's just kind of carried on. And so when I'm working with a client for the first time, uh, quite often I'll identify a strength or something that they're bringing to the table that they're not really coming to grips with. And that's very reinforcing. And, of course, a confidence builder again. Yeah, exactly. Is yeah, that funny? I, 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 oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, sorry Julie. Yeah, I was up. just going to. I was just going to add to that in that, uh, you know, from a confidence perspective, a lot of times people don't have faith in themselves when we get started with them because they feel like they're so out of control. They're successful in, you know, they, they're successful. They have a successful business, but they're feeling out of control and feeling like they they don't have everything together, and so. You know, we'll often say the words, or at least I do, and I think other people on our team do say, I'll often say, borrow my faith. I know we've been around for a very long time. Borrow, if you don't have the faith that this can happen, just believe, follow our suggestions, be, you know, don't don't always just go ahead with everything. But I may say some things to you that you don't want to hear, but I think you need to hear. And we've got proven tools and techniques so and pr- procedures. So borrow my faith. Do these things, and at the end of the day, you'll have your own faith. And uh, that's come back to me several times in terms of people just said, "Julie, I borrowed Julie's faith in me," and uh, she's right. She was right on. And uh, today, oh. yeah. So that's there's where that confidence and freedom comes as well. Is that, uh, yeah, we we have a whole bunch of wonderful stories, Leo. You're absolutely right, and it's, uh, yeah, those those yeah. kind of qualitative statements um, are huge, right? I find too, the people we all talk to, 
there are very many of them are successful entrepreneurs already, right? But they're, as you said, starting to lose control, um, having a vision, not knowing how to get there. The other word I use is overwhelm. Overwhelm, huge. It's, it's, it's yeah. like they're feeling the sense of overwhelm. It's like, I want to go from here to here. I think like I'm camped out now or I've lost control. I've lost a team member. I know like I need this other scenario. I've just lost a big client. I'm cl close to doing this. All issues are surfacing. It, it, it's like some people are successful in spite of themselves. It's, it's amazing when you look and say, how the heck did you get here? Because, I mean, look at what you've built. This is amazing. But yet they look at personal coach and some of the work we do and other competent coaches globally that we both know. And they really, they really need assistance to take it to the next level or to get control, to lessen overwhelm and things like this. I'm curious, Art, you talked about that one success story from 400,000 to 2 million. And Julie, you talked about the, uh, these moments in terms of this person with the heart issue and, uh, you know, that I like that unique lexicon that you've come up with as well in terms of how you're feeling and stuff like this. Is there any other, you know, proud success story that tickles your heart or that uh, from either one of you that says this, this is one that is really meaningful or significant to me or to our, to our organization, the personal coach? Well, I can give you an example. Just before I do that, though, um, I, I want to just say this, that, you know, successful advisors don't have anyone to talk to. Like, they can't really talk to their spouse. They can't talk to their staff. They typically don't want to open up to their their corporate uh, relationships. And, and so I found that over the 20-some-odd years, you know, people have said things to me that they wouldn't say to anyone else. And it Right. It allows them to get them off their chest, but it allows us to discuss those issues and, you know, verify, is that true or is that not true? Or is that just a perception? That's, you know, really going deep with, with our clients. And I think that's the other important thing. We really are able to go deep with our clients. Yeah. So the example I'm going to give you um, is I um, uh, met this advisor, boy, early in the game, probably 2004, and he was an insurance only advisor. And just selling insurance. And uh, at any rate, we 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 worked with him, um, got him more into a planning mode, less into a sales mode, more into a con consultative uh, um, uh, mode in terms of dealing with his clients. And he decided that he would get into the money business, so he he became an MFDA advisor, um, and that moved along quite nicely. Again, because he got into a planning mode, and 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 we helped him build a team to support him. Uh, so that he could he could spend more time doing planning with clients, less time, you know, trying to put out fires and 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 got him to move out of that selling mode. And then he, then I said to him one day, I said, why don't we get you know a half a dozen of your best clients and just have a, a a session where we find out what's on their mind and what they'd like us to do next to help them support the, their 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 financial future. And so we had this, this wonderful uh, meeting. And what, it, what came out of that is the advisors or the clients said to us, we want a bigger product shelf. I mean, they didn't say it in those words, but that's basically what they wanted. They want a bigger product shelf. And so today, this advisor who's gone from an insurance-only business is now an IROC advisor. He has a huge uh, investment business he looks after, a, a wonderful clientele. Um, and... Um, <laughs> He's got wow. both money freedom and, 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 and time freedom along the way. But more, most importantly, 
he's got a feeling that he's adding real value to his clients. His clients yeah. love what he's doing. So, Ward, for our listeners outside of Canada, MFDA versus IROC, uh, where someone who was just selling mutual funds, right, all of a sudden with a broader mix of offering broader uh, stock and bond and other types of associated products and services and becoming this other designation. I just wanted to clarify that. Yep. Uh, if, I, if I missed anything there, please fill in the blanks. Julie, how about you in terms of a, uh, a really proud success story other than uh, the, the the gentleman that you were talking about with us. Yeah, um, I'll I'll talk about Joe, one of my clients from uh, Manitoba. Uh, oh, sorry, Saskatchewan. And I started working with Joe 15 years ago. He was 27 years old at the time, 27 or 28. So he's still a very young man. He, he was uh, just starting a family, and his business was running him. He had purchased a, a business and. Uh, it was uh, in a small town, and the advisor that he purchased it from, uh, or took over from, I should say, was uh, fraudulent. And so he had to work from a negative uh, negative uh, stage from, with, with the clients. And so he needed to start building really good relationships with those clients. And so uh, he was working all of the time. He didn't have a strong relationship at home. Because he had a strong relationship with his wife, but he was worried because he was he was worried that that was going to falter because he was working all of the time. And so he was worried about his home life and he was worried about his business life. And he hired me when he couldn't afford to hire me. Um, and he, but he said, he had, Julie, I need, I need to, I need to do something. And so he, uh, he and I got together and I, you know, when I was referred to him, I thought, oh, I don't, I don't know. You know, this guy's so young and what, what does he have to bring to the table? But you know what? He was a professional soccer player before he got into the business and he had success already. He had a good, solid business foundation, but most importantly, he had a really strong vision of where he wanted to go. And he was so coachable and so amenable to, to having somebody help him get there. And so we just, we, we broke it down and we started to build towards something great. And about six years ago, I was there uh, to see Joe and his team to do some two days of team planning. And uh, we, he always picked me up in Regina to drive me out to his, uh, his home uh, where I stay. I stay with his family. So I do become part of the family um, when I'm there and it's, it's wonderful. But on the way, he stopped off at this structure that was being built. And he opened this great big door and he drove me in his truck into the middle of this thing. So is what I, I said, what the heck is this, right? And he said, Julie, let's get out. We need to walk around. And uh, as we were walking around, he said, Julie, this is because of you. And I said, what do you mean this is because of you? And he said, Julie, I was able to build this for my daughters. It was a horse arena. Um, he had... Wow. Uh, he had one child when I uh, met him, and uh, today he has three daughters who are now teenagers, and they wanted to get into a horse, the, into horses and riding horses and competing. And so he built this horse arena for his daughters and this beautiful, um, beautiful uh, space where the, he could hang out and with his family and have parties and and have uh, parents of other kids who then could use this arena as well come and hang out and watch the kids. And he said, Julie, I'm going to sit. He pointed at this spot on the, in the, on the arena floor. I'm going to sit right over there with my coffee every morning. And I'm going to watch my girls. Wow. And, uh, wow. and he said, I wouldn't have been able to do this unless you help me with my business. And so 
today, those girls are really involved in horse uh, riding and competing uh, in, in horse competitions. They are, one is, uh, got her eyes on being a veterinarian and Joe has this amazing life and uh, he and Krista are going strong and they've got properties, you know, in other area, in, in other areas of the country, they travel, he's got great experiences with his family and he's really connected with his daughters and his, and his wife and has an amazing, has a, has an amazing life. And so that's my that's my proudest moment because he was able to uh, to achieve the vision that he wanted, and he's got great, great, great lifestyle right now. I'm picturing him and you getting out of the truck in almost like, <laughs> almost like a finger point moment. This this is because of you. And see what happens. And just to bring this to closure, we just want one final question here. You know, this builds off of what you said earlier as well that some of these folks just don't have anybody to really talk to. And they need to, they want to be vulnerable to somebody. It's almost like we act as therapists uh, as part of our role, psychologists or therapists or coaches or advice, call us what you want, but it's really deep listening. It's really opening up the zipper on someone's chest here, right? And just pulling that zipper down and reaching in and touching their heart and their soul to get deep, to figure out what's really, truly meaningful and important to people. And so my last question, and one of the new areas that we built at, at Pusateri Consulting here is around the, the final element of competing at value is all about living your value. So as I, as I know what you folks are doing so well, a personal coach with these 16 competencies and the listening and all the deep diving that you're doing. And a lot of these issues today with people that are thinking about succession, Julie, you talked about this, exit strategies, how they make continued difference in the lives of others. And I'm proud, I know that the three of us have been committed to making differences in the lives of others. That's really what it comes down to. So some of some of my new research and work is around people that are building to the next five to 25 years, continuing to live life so significance, uh, lives with no regrets and gratitude, abundance, perspective, being their best, living their legacy. And that's what really what you're starting to do. That's the legacy, Julie, when he got you out of that truck and this is what you did. He's, he's, made, he's making a difference in his family and his kids and friends over that cup of coffee coming in each day. What are you seeing, just the last question for each of you here, about how your coaching clients are thinking about their futures from significance to their legacies? Art, let me start with you here just to, yeah. just to finish this one off from your perspective. Well, you know, when you think about the next big project is you, I want to go back to my age of 56 and I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do when I am out of out of manual life, kind of forced to retirement, so to speak? And it wasn't going to be nothing. And so I sat back and thought to myself, well, what am I good at? I think I'm a pretty good coach, and I think I'm a good team builder. And I thought to myself, can I take that out of the marketplace as an independent? And that's exactly what the personal coach is, Okay. We're good coaches. We're good team builders. And so that's really the next big project. So any of the folks that, you know, executives that have been, you know, done great work in their, in their, in their corporate environment for them to stand back and say, okay, what am I really good at? What, what am I? And then what can I, what, how can I take that unique ability out of the marketplace on an independent basis? To me, I think that's, that, that is the next big project. And, yeah. um, and, and I'm sure in the work that you're doing, you're helping, uh, you know, clients figure out what 
what what is their, that unique ability that they've got and how can they implement that and take that out of the next uh, part of their life? Yeah. Well, I know in uh, the hockey world that you folks live in up north of the border here, it's like third period or it's like next chapter or it's the second mountain for people to climb. It's the fourth quarter from the uh, football south of the border here. Uh, things like that. That's what I've been focusing on. It, it's amazing when you, when you hear your success stories and these journeys that these advisors are having in their careers and their lives. And now when I'm saying there's this ultimate final journey, your next big project is you. Julie, what's your exclamation point on this? Well, I, you know, I like to think about stages of life, phases of life, and think in terms of three to five years. I think it's really difficult for people to see out 25 usually, but they can see the next three to five years and ultimately what are their core values and what do they want to achieve and what is the purpose that they have in life? So if people understand what their purpose is, then whether that's in business or whether they're speaking to a niece or nephew or their best friend or community uh, you know, undertaking um, or a legacy project that they might develop over time, if they're living their life purpose, then that's all that matters, uh, really, because they'll, they'll just have a rewarding experience. And if we've done our job uh, in the early stages of business, they'll have the financial freedom to do whatever they want during their during those five the, those final years of their life. And so, whether that's earning more money by starting up a new business, or whether that's uh, whether that's just you know taking what they've been given over time in their life and what they're grateful for and paying it forward in some way, then let's let them. Let, let's let, let them help or help them do what they really want to achieve. So, yeah, yeah and it's different for everyone, Leo, you know? It yeah, really totally. totally. Yeah. And paying, paying it forward is an integral part of what we're all about from a gratitude perspective as well. And I can tell you, Julie, when you start aging, you start aging. And I'm, I, I'll tell you, I'll end with a story of Bob. A guy I've gotten to know, he's 95 years old. He's out in Scottsdale. He drives his own car. He's on the range every day, hitting balls. He's always listening in to other people's lessons. He's asking, I told my wife, give me that 30 years from now, not just 25 years. Sign me up for what Bob's got, what he ate, what he drank, his attitude. So there are different things when you see people who've got their act together, who've made a difference, who are living life with this enthusiasm still. To their last, that is really yeah. pretty cool. So you can start yeah. to see life differently. Hey, I can't thank you too enough for uh, not just our business relationship, but our friendship. It's very, very valued on all fronts. Uh, it's been a phenomenal experience for me to get to know the two of you and to see the fabulous work and to associate our brands together our, and our intellectual thinking and our properties together. I look for this for many years to come. And any advisor, obviously, from my perspective, that's seeking counsel, especially up in uh, the, you know, your beautiful country of Canada, that requires an organization that gets it, then they should be picking up the phone and, and checking the personal coach out. So God bless you both. Thank you for your time and your friendship above everything else. You know, Leo, I, relationship. Leo yeah. I'd like to uh, place my gratitude with you as well. You know, I look back to when I first learned uh, about the articulating your value and value ladder by reading your book and attending a uh, discovering your value session with Ain Trimark in 2003, probably. Many years ago, yeah. Yeah, and I learned so much from you. And I was so grateful to be able to just pick up from where we I left off and me, actually meet you at a at a CFP seminar, I think a financial planning seminar that you were presenting at in uh, Toronto. 
and we connected and we started to pick your brain about what are we, what's happening with disclosure, what are you doing? And it's just been a great, great relationship. And I've learned so much from you and your organization. And uh, I just want to say thank you. Um, Let's continue the fun ride. All right. Thank you again, everybody. Okay. Take care. Thank you very much. Bye.